Welcome to our podcast episode number two, Capitalism in Crisis. My name is Ilya. My name is Dasha. And today we have a special guest. We're actually going to talk about the topic we talked last episode, education, and we have a special guest, Rick, and Rick will introduce himself. Please, Rick. Hello. Uh, yes, I am. Uh, I'm Rick. I'm from the Netherlands. My profession in the Netherlands is that I'm a, a school director, a headmaster of a primary school. In the, so I work in education. Have you been a teacher before or you became a principal from the beginning? No, I have been a physical education teacher for seven yeah. years and in the secondary uh, education. Mm -hmm. um, um, and I also worked in the vocational education. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So as a, also as a teacher. So the first question we wanted to ask you, and we will also reveal, have a short poll made in Instagram. So when, when you picked up your profession, for instance, if you remember, what was your main motivation or how did it happen that you end up to be a teacher or was it just an accident? Uh, well, a little bit, it was an accident. I, I really wanted to work in sports, mm -hmm. uh, but at first I didn't want to uh, teach uh, because I didn't like that. I was had to teach the entire day <laughs> to other people how to instead like sports. Instead of playing football, right? <laughs> in, instead of, <laughs> instead of doing sports myself. Yeah. So my first year, I uh, I did uh, sports marketing, mm -hmm. and there I had a and a small assignment in sports marketing that you had to work for an internship for half a year, one day a week, uh, at a primary school to teach. Because if you work in sports marketing, mm -hmm. then you also have to know about the sports. That that was the the idea of the of my education. For half a year, I did that, and I liked it so much. That the, uh, I, I decided then that, okay, well, maybe I won't do it for the rest of my life, but for the couple of years uh, in the near future, I, uh, I really would like to, to be a physical education teacher. So I, 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 could, uh, I could switch uh, for my first year. And then I had, did uh, year two, three, and four, uh, I did this uh, for the physical education teacher. Mm -hmm. ah. That's pretty interesting because we, as Ilya already said, we made a poll on Instagram and asked our subscribers what their motivation is for their future career, like for choosing their future career. And actually 44% of the people chose career or money. That their main motivation when they're thinking about, uh, about their future is money, which I already talked about in the last episode with Ilya and he wouldn't believe me. I, I, I still an optimist. <laughs> I still believe in the good in the people. I didn't thought that they're so cynical, honestly. Yeah, money. Yeah. I mean, look, really. <laughs> But one quarter of the people uh, chose to that, that their main motivation is the desire to help people and change the world, and another quarter said that it was gaining new knowledge in a specific area they want to work in the future, which I think is a glimpse of hope we have. Yeah, yeah. but this is also what, as I get from Yuri, this is, as you said, I, I liked it so much, yeah, that you also get something back from, I don't know, students, yeah, and then you liked it and th that was so, maybe, yes, you didn't choose it at the beginning on that, but then it was accident. I also choose my profession as accidentally, honestly, it's <laughs> normal, I think, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, so the, the I was curious, at the, the age of your subscribers, are they more like in the 1825 or are they also 30, 40, 50s? Because I think that it could, it could be, 
different maybe from young people than from older people. Yeah, we uh, the majority of the subscribers are my friends. That's why the age range is from 15 to, I think, 19. We also have a few subscribers in the 20s, but I think they didn't vote. And yeah. the majority of the people who voted are actually teenagers. So it's yeah, yeah. my age. The group who is going to choose their future career in the next a few they, years. They haven't probably. done it yet. Yeah, basically. yeah, they haven't done it yet. They're only thinking about it. Also, what I wanted to ask you relating to this question, if the um, job being a teacher is a demanded profession in the Netherlands, because in Austria, it I think it quite is because we all always have, uh, we never have enough teachers in schools and they're always talking about it. And I just wanted to know about the situation in the Netherlands. And if you would recommend um, students nowadays to become a teacher or Maybe not, I don't know. And just some reasons why you would recommend it or would not recommend it. Well, well, of course I have to recommend it. If I if I won't recommend it, then I, then <laughs> I think maybe there's something wrong with, with myself. But um, um, well, of, of course, it starts with you have to like working with people. You have to like working with people who are learning stuff and they are making mistakes and you have to have patience and you have to have... Uh, empathy for them and you have to be social so of course you have to like that i really think it's a, a wonderful profession to do but is it is it demanded is it like do you lack a teachers in netherlands right now well currently we have uh, a big uh, deficit of teachers um mm -hmm. now it's roughly uh, an eight or nine percent uh deficit of teachers in the in the netherlands and mm -hmm. the Estimate that is that in, in 2030 uh, it will go to 15 to 20 percent, um, and for um, for for school directors, so for for my mm -hmm. part, it's even bigger. It's now it's it's around 15, and it will estimate it will be uh, going to 40 or 50 percent because uh, in a couple of years a lot of them will go will uh, will retire. And and why the main reason? What is the main reason of such, uh, especially forecast? I mean, looks quite scary, no? Yes, it, yes, it is, um, and that's also a big problem now in the Netherlands. Um, they did a lot of research about it, and there are two uh, main uh, reasons why people stop being a teacher or don't don't want to become a teacher. And the first is is your salary, mm -hmm. uh, because uh, well, at the moment it's it's uh, we had last year we had a, a big salary increase. So I think at the moment it's okay if we don't look at the current inflation, what is happening in the world. Uh, yeah. But but that's that's also again a problem. But I think if you look at the situation one, one year here before, for the first time in a long time, it was it, your your salary was okay. Mm -hmm. um, but the other part is the the pressure about uh, the job. You don't go at work at at eight and you end up, end at five or six and you're gonna go home and you don't have to think about your work. Entire day you're you're hundred percent you're on. You don't have a, a small breaks for yourself. You don't go can go to the toilet for five minutes because you're leaving your children behind. So going to the toilet takes a lot of arrangements and hey, can you watch my children so I can go to the toilet and then we're taking mm -hmm. what a toilet break. Come on. Um But also, yeah. you have to be 100% focused the entire time. You have to watch them. You have um, groups 25 to 30 uh, 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 large, maybe sometimes a little bit larger, sometimes a little bit smaller, but roughly about that, that area. And after, yeah. uh, when when the, the children go home, then you have your administration, you have your, your, your grading, you have your meetings. So on paper, you work 40 hours a week. 
but in mm -hmm. in real real life it's it's more 50 55 60 hours and yes of course eh, that's one of your questions you you do have uh, a lot more vacation but a lot of the teachers they also use the vacation to do the the administration which they couldn't do during the normal weeks or prepare again for the coming classes so yeah. also that on paper you have 12 weeks of vacation but in in uh, in reality it that's also really uh, really less at the moment in the lens we have uh, two weeks of uh, uh, may vacation mm -hmm. um and i i know that a lot of teachers are this this week they were going for one or two days going to uh, to school to work so they have vacation and they go for work for two days. So basically, the workload is anyway that big that it also doesn't. Yeah. So the the work it for many people. The workload, yeah. the pressure, and then combined with the the uh, salary. Yeah. Okay. So you really have to like it, uh, and you have to really want to work with children, and yeah. that's not enough uh, nowadays to get enough get uh, get enough teachers. So that's why I know that, of course, well. Money is a is a big um, a big reason to do something, and well, if you can yeah, choose yeah. to go work somewhere else and have as much fun, then and you get paid a lot a little more. Yeah, and and Dasha has one very specific question about the subjects. Yeah, I wanted to ask because at least in Austria, in our education system, it's like that that we have some main subjects that the teachers count as more important, just because they. Um, you have them through all eight years of middle school and high school uh, high school together. And that's why they are counted as more important. Uh, and there are some subjects who are also quite important for some people, like, I don't know, for example, biology. Ah, and the three subjects is math, English, and German. And there are also a lot of interesting and important subjects for just different people like I don't know biology or chemistry or psychology depends on what you want to do in the future and in Austria you have a lot of pressure on passing math English and German and biology chemistry and just the rest of the subjects that you have are count they're not counted as irrelevant but definitely less um, important than math English and German and there's just a lot of pressure on the children in passing in every single subject yeah. even though I have some people in my class that I definitely that I know that they will never ever do anything with I don't know psychology in their life or with math, but they will definitely need, for example, I don't know biology or chemistry. And I wanted to know: are, are is there something like this in the Netherlands, or do you know anything about something like that? Um, I think it's 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 roughly similar. If you look at the primary education, um, the children get a lot of subjects. Um, we have from the government a list of goals, which at the end of the uh, year eight they have to uh, they have to know. Um, but we have a, a standardized test at the end to determine where which secondary education you can go to. Officially, it's the the advice of the teacher. But if the the um, the test is is higher than the teacher has to follow uh, the, the the test. So the test is a big part of it still. Um, but it, it, the test is only at uh, math, at Dutch, and uh, how, how good you can read. Um, so it's all, basically all uh, about those three subjects that are the uh, 
well, maybe more important than the rest because there you get tested on those and you don't get tested on ge geology or history or biology or or, or stuff like that. Um, if you go to secondary education, usually you start with with a couple of uh, of basic uh, years, where, which where you get all the same, and then after a couple of years, you can choose uh, a certain area in which you want to specialize yourself. And depending on what which kind of of level at sec secondary education you do, there are different uh, options. For once, you can go more in the social studies. So then you get social uh, works as, as a subject. You can get maths uh, A, but you can also go in a more uh, a beta a part. Then you can get you get science, you get biology, uh, and you get math B or math C or math D. So you get different kinds of math which are more with biology or with with the other STEM uh, subjects. Hmm. That's actually pretty cool. I mean, yeah, in Austria, we have something similar with the splitting in middle school, in the beginning of middle school, between people who are um, getting deeper, I don't know, digging deeper into the languages and people who are studying more technical subjects. But that's it. That's the whole split. And we actually don't, I mean, we have a split. I'm, I have one, I'm in the math, um, I don't know, in the math part of the school. Uh, and I'm learning all the technical subjects, but I still have to learn an extra language. Of course, I have one language less than the people who are studying in language. But because in Austria, we have a, super, a great, um, I don't know, uh, language education. I don't know how it's called, like classical education, especially in Latin and Spanish and French. That's why. Oh, yeah. Out, out of curiosity, do you have Latin in Netherlands somewhere? In somewhere. Schools? We were surprised when we came here, realized a lot of people still learning Latin. You basically, uh, yeah. There, there is, there's Latin in the, um, if you go to the um, uh, FVO, and that's the preparation for the university. And there you get Latin as a mm -hmm. subject, and then you can choose it later on for an exam. So you can, mm -hmm. it's, all, it's possible that you have subjects mm -hmm. in the beginning of your secondary education, and then later you can choose them. For to go uh, to to do exams in it to give you a little bit answer to you, Dasha. Uh, in the Netherlands, Dutch and English is mandatory for all uh, students. And then if you go more in the alpha direction, then you can have French or German, or both. And if you go to the beta, then um, then you get get more into the the STEM, uh, the, the the science, technology. Uh, more of that area. So it, based on which kind of area you will do your final exams in, uh, it's uh, more than two languages, but Dutch and English is, is mandatory for all. Yeah. yeah, the same like in Austria, German mm. and English is... Yeah. It's, it's similar. Yeah, German, English and math is obligatory. You, uh, it's a central exam that everyone is taking at the same day and at the same time in Austria. And then you're choosing subjects you want to um, finish school with, but there's a complicated system. It's it's how how you can choose some subjects and some you're not allowed to choose because you have not enough yeah. hours in these subjects. But it's yeah. yeah. And it depends where you want to go after. So you want to have yeah. this test basically on this exam to if you want yeah. to enter into one university. I mean, actually. Actually, in Austria, you can, for example, if you want to study, I don't know, physics, 
you can in theory go to university without um, writing your final exam in physics, but you will have to do an extra test to get into the university. And if you're having physics in your final exam, you don't have to do the test. That's the difference. Okay. Yeah, it's it's almost the same in the Netherlands. The the some universities will will demand that you took the the final exam in that uh, that area, mm -hmm. uh, but most almost always it's possible to do like a like a summer school or a summer uh, class or whatever to to get the the required level. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, coming back to the public versus private system i wanted to ask one question which is very interesting for me then uh, yeah i mean in austria as well it's mainly uh, public schools yeah like everywhere in the world actually as I realized also anyway it's like i don't know 84 percent of students in the public schools yeah in the oecd mm -hmm. countries at least and then the question is how do schools compete why what like what is your point of view why one school is better another is worse i know as a parent yeah for example <laughs> but i'm interested from inside how how it comes that one school become better another worse well, yeah well to, i think to become better is a is a whole variety of 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 of, of things yeah um the quality of, of of teachers the quality of the support the quality of the 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 leadership then again, also it helps what kind of students are in your school. For example, how you attract better teachers in the school? Because if it's all public, right, you have the same funds, basically, all the schools. You cannot attract them with, uh, how to say, a lot of incentive money-wise, I guess. Uh, no, no, that's that's true. You you cannot attract teachers with money. I I try to uh, let me make it personal. I try to attract the teachers to come and work at my school because we have a social group of teachers. We we tend to each other. You don't work alone. We work as a team. We have fun with each other. We we go on on team outings. And also it helps that they also average school has some selling points. Uh, for for me, my school is in a, a small village, mm -hmm. not in a big not in a big city, and if you work in a big city, you have different, uh, you have big city problems. And the big city problems are that you have a really diverse population mm -hmm. with, with diverse population of parents. Uh, and that brings a lot of more, I, I, I don't want to say problems, I want to say uh, challenges, yeah. but it, it, it can feel like for, for problems. Parents at my school, they want to help. They want to help the school. So they want to, when we have a cleaning night or we have uh, a, tr a field trip somewhere, they want to drive. Um, so that makes it easier and, and more fun to work at a small village school than at a big city school. Of course, there are also teachers who really want to work in a big city school and they like those those kinds of challenges. But the most the majority of the teachers will, will make a, a different choice. Mm -hmm. So that's 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 that our selling point. So and I, I said we have a shortage and you see the, the shortage are, is the, the biggest in the big cities and in the in the villages. It's it's. It's not that not, not that bad, mm. and also um, when parents can choose which school their children their children wants to go when when they want to enroll their children, uh, usually behalf uh, only not in the big cities because then you have to have a there's a draw and you you, you don't get the school which you, you have chosen chosen maybe, um, so. In a small village, it's easy for the parents. I'm the only school in village, so that's really easy. Um, but usually when there are maybe uh, two or three schools, yeah. they have freedom of choice as well. 
and you can uh, look up the results. The results are online. Uh, you can find them easy and you can see uh, how good the school is scoring all on those main subjects. And so you can choose or some schools have a, have a certain point of uh, vision, how they want to teach children. And maybe there's a vision that will is more suited for you than the than other visions. And if you then look at secondary school, you usually choose them which subjects they have. So if they have more alpha subjects and your child wants to go to an alpha school, then you go more there for that school or they have more beta subjects that you maybe you can go to the beta school. Mm -hmm. So there's more of also sometimes about atmosphere and also sometimes about uh, the, the which kinds of subjects the, yeah. the school can can provide. So it's basically uh, a principal or a leader of the school who uh, creating what you just described, like atmosphere basically can turn it into one side or another. And then this is the way how you, okay. It's interesting. Yeah. So yeah. Research, research shows that, 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 um, that the, lead, the kind of leadership is a big influence about the, the culture of the school and also about the, the quality of the school. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's interesting. Yeah. That's actually interesting. Uh, do we have something like that in Austria? I don't think so. I mean, we have only one, uh, very, uh, statistically, how to say uh, insignificant experience as a family. Yeah. We have two kids yeah, and they went into different primary schools. And we know, uh, so Dasha and, and the other daughter I have, Dunya, yeah, your sister basically, and then went into different primary schools. They now go into the same secondary, but primary was, and it was really different schools from atmosphere, like what you're describing. It makes a lot of sense because the school where the Dasha went uh, was a bit more, how to say, liberal and freedom. Yeah. And uh, at least what I experienced as a parent, I saw that the kids are less the environment was less hostile let's put it that way yeah because yeah. i mean yes we're in the city still it's it's different kind of problems i guess and what you said we have very diverse students and classmates and etc and the second school where dunia went it's quite a different one it's more tough i would say yeah it's and it's a endless argument is it what is better because on one hand uh, our life is also not very how to say sugar coated outside when you ended up the school yeah maybe it's better to prepare the kids from the beginning that it's not that easy or maybe the other way around yeah, yeah but i guess it's i uh, mean yeah the benefits of my school was that we had a great community but we were we had basically no pressure when it comes to gaining knowledge and it didn't really motivate us to gain a lot of knowledge. I'm, I'm not saying that my education was much worse than the one of my sister, but my sister definitely learned more in primary school than I did. I'm glad and... that you said this. I didn't want to say this, actually. But it, it's true, yeah. <laughs> so her, her level was, I mean, it's true. And, and Rashi is absolutely right. Her level of knowledge at the end of primary school was higher than, let's say, Dasha. But it also, I know they are different human beings yeah it's also not only about the school but yeah but is it is it, wait, is it the school or is it just it's yes, the pressure in school it's the pressure because my sister got had a lot of pressure in school and it's like yeah you have to study every day and you have to study this 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 and you have to know this 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 and this by heart and for me it was like yeah you don't know this word oh it's okay you're going to learn it at some point in life it's okay don't worry about it <laughs> but yeah Okay. Yeah. It. I think it's partly. It's both. Was yeah. It's both. Of course. Yeah. The personality also plays a role for sure. But I think there was definitely more pressure, like Dasha said, in the more hostile school. And uh, again, maybe I'm oversimplified, but I see that link kind of. Yeah. Also. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, 
Yeah. And also relating to that question and actually to the question we asked earlier already, do you think the school should be all private or public? Or is there or should there be like a balance between public and private schools and why? Um, I think the, almost every school should be a, a public school because private schools, then you then the best schools will go to for the still children who have the, the most money. And now even in public schools, that's we see those problems because teachers of, of parents who have money, they want to, of course, every parent wants the best for their children. But if you have money, you can get a private tutor or you can get a summer school and you can pay for those. So you can help your child, your child extra. Yeah. So the inequity, we see that uh, really a lot already if it's a public school. If it's going to be private school, then the best schools will cost much and the worst schools will be the cheapest. Um, then you see the, the, the gap will increase even more than it's already uh, doing uh, at, the, at, at the moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, I'm actually glad you mentioned uh, tutors because that's a huge discussion, always a discussion in Vienna at least, and in Austria, that you have a few universities in, Aust in Vienna, for example, like the medical university, where, I mean, you could, you could try to get there without a tutor, but it's gonna, the chances are almost zero. So you have to have a tutor that prepares you for the exam to get into the medical university. And the tutor costs a lot of money. Taking part in the exam costs a lot of money. And that means that medical students are, the average, an average medical student is coming from a wealthy family because it's just a lot of money just to get into the school. And it's a it's not a private university. It's actually totally free and you're you're not paying any money that you're for studying there, but you're paying a lot of money just to get there. And that's why that's that's one of the universities. But does it doesn't it mean that the it means that the system cannot prepare the pupils to enter because as you said the university is not private at the end, yeah. And they want I believe the main motivation is to have a high level of education so the doctor will not kill somebody basically yeah right after. yeah but you can do it while you're studying you can have yeah yeah so what i wanted to say yeah, then it means that the whole system before is not able to prepare the students on its own to enter university yeah no, no? but i think that you should give people a try at least even if they're from a poor family you should give them a try to get into the university if the, if the tests itself cost 250 euros not every family is going to be like, yeah, sure, 250 euros, I'm going to give it to you. Just try out for the medical universities. I have some friends who are honestly thinking about not going there just because, not, not just because of the money, but mainly because the, the test is not cheap. But I think that the, um, that will be a little bit argument for private education, because um, if you lower your expectations about your students mm -hmm. at the start level, you won't get the the end result mm. in the same amount of years. So then maybe if you do that, if you say, okay, everyone can 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 go to our school and you're not at the at the level we want you to be if you start at our school, it will not take us four years or six years, but it will take us mm. two yeah. years more. If you get gun funds from the government, you don't get those two years extra because you only get funds because it's all all the same. So four years is the same for all education, six years is the same for all educations. So if you say, okay, for us, it's really important that it's two years more uh, Then the system has to change because the government has to give money for the school to do yeah, two yeah. years more schooling. 
and at the moment that's not the case. So then you can say, okay, maybe then the private is better because then you have then you can do it for six years instead of the the, the usual four because you want to give all the students who start the same starting position to go and, mm-hmm. and, and graduate. Of course, if you do it private, yeah. then it will cost way more. Uh, so that's all again an argument for for mm-hmm. for a public school. Uh, but I think that's that's if you want if you really want to give children students the same fighting position at the beginning, you have to uh, change uh, stuff mm-hmm. uh, in your structure because it will always happen that there's a big test mm-hmm. coming up. Okay, you have money, you can hire a tutor, and if you don't have money, you cannot hire a tutor. Maybe we have to make sure that parents will not be able to, or they won't hire a tutor because they know that every child can reach their full potential in the structure mm-hmm. we built for the children. But if we standardize everything too much, that's mm-hmm. not that's not possible. Yeah. Yeah, but that's that's what we were actually talking about most of the time. I think then when it is, it's exactly like you said when you when it is very homogeneous. Like and also, I'm not arguing for a private school. Understand me correctly. I never said that I want the private schools to be majority. I think the competition is the key. Yeah, I think the proportion of private schools exist now in whatever in at least what I get in Netherlands and in Austria is the right one. It's very small amount. Still, there always will be wealthy people who have money to give their kids education or hire a tutor. But you cannot. I don't think it's unrealistic to expect. That you can make that system that will bring everybody to the same level that they will be able to go to the i don't know medical school yeah because again it's maybe medical school comparing to i don't know what other should i choose on the like geology even <laughs> let's put myself on the spot here yeah? if you want the, the medical school is much more demanding in terms of education as well and studying what you need to know even before you enter and that makes sense yeah no, it... you cannot expect from school to bring everybody to that level. Yeah, maybe for geology everybody can go, but for medicine not everybody. Yeah? Only talented and those who has money, unfortunately. Yeah. No, I'm I'm not telling that the school should um, give you the basic knowledge for you to be able to join to um, enroll in the medical university in the I don't know. Geology University, where study yeah. geology, tech, technology university. I no, that's not what I was saying. I was saying that you can, um, because I know from a few people that the uh, test in the medical univer- university is actually in real life. They are telling you it's possible without a tutor, but it's basically not because the tutors are people who are already studying in the medical university and they have also already been past the test with another tutor and they mm-hmm. know what's coming for the test. And when you don't know what's coming from the test, you have just a huge amount of books that you have to read and know by heart yeah. and all the different. I'm not saying it's impossible, but it basically is impossible because we're all human yeah. beings and nobody knows 1000 bones or of i don't know yeah, yeah. all the dogs breeds by heart it's really hard and i think that you can make the test a little bit easier so that it it will be able to get into the university not just after finishing school without gaining any extra knowledge but just by learning yourself and then you can i don't know then you're going to study in the university for for, for example for one semester and then there's going to be a big test where you already can like know what to expect from the test. 
And so the people who are like actually studying and willing to um, continue to study in the medical sphere will get past the test. And the people who are who don't want to do it will not. And obviously, there will be people who will just hire a tutor and the tutor will help them to get past the test. But I think you should, I don't know, give people a chance, more people but, a chance. Uh... Just out of curiosity, Rick, for you, for example, do you know in the Netherlands, I mean, I know it's a bit, we are stepping into higher education already, but are there a big amount of people who are kind of not finishing the university because of like what Dasha gave as an example? So when you enroll it, but then you basically fail some tests and then you didn't finish it. Do you know anything about it or maybe or not? I, I don't know the the percentages or or, or that, but of course that uh, uh, that happens in the Netherlands. We really try to to make sure that you choose right. So in your secondary mm-hmm. uh, yeah. education, you uh, you already choose some direction. Uh, so if you choose more of the alpha area, maybe you won't go for 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 a physics uh, university because you that's not a part of your interest already. And during your secondary education, you have to have a loopbaan ontwikkeling job development so you have to learn about okay which kind of jobs are there which kind do you like are there a high demand of people on the in those jobs that maybe you would like or maybe mm. you already can choose a different part which you want to go so you're really prepared at the, at, at an early uh, age to choose Okay, the, the, but isn't it uh, it's too early? Also, uh, we also yeah, that's that... uh, that's also what I wanted <laughs> to say. It's like it's a really good thing that you're getting the <laughs> choice at an early age on one side because then you can dig into the topic um, for a longer period of time. But it's also quite problematic because I also have some people again speaking from personal experience. I have some friends who chose the wrong direction and now they're struggling in math and physics and biology because they just don't understand it and they are really good at languages but they have more te- more technical subjects because they chose it when they were 12, 13, something like that and they were like, oh my god, math's so cool, I'm gonna be a, an astronaut. I'm going to look into the telescope and watch the stars. That's why I like physics. And then they're like, oh, no, never mind. Physics is not just about watching the stars in the telescope. And that's like, I mean, obviously, it was not the only motivation why they chose to study physics more than Latin. But yeah, it's a huge difference. Yeah, I I, I, I totally agree. Uh, I was I was coming to say that part that yeah. uh, in the Netherlands, we have that the preparation for work, but can you ask that from a 12 13 14 15 year old uh a, ch- a child maybe not even from a 20 year old child or a 21 year old child yeah uh, i think there are they, i think there are children who are really want know what they want and they can just go ahead and go follow the path but i think there are a lot of children who don't know and i think it's it's really natural come on you're oh, under the age of 20 you don't have to know everything yet yeah yeah the, the problem in education now is that we ask them to know it. And then if you choose wrong, then you have a really hard time finally uh, choosing right. Also for me, uh, talking about my personal experience, I think in uh, when I was 14, 15 years old, I wanted to be a math teacher. Uh, the year after that, I want to be an archaeologist. Then I, then I didn't know. And then I want to be doing something in sports, but not teaching. Well, I finally went to be a physical education teacher and now I'm a headmaster. So uh, I think I I am the example of not knowing what you want, but still really ending up in a a good place, which I really like. And that's that's the most important. And if it's an astronaut or if it's construction worker or or whatever, 
the most important thing is that you're doing something that you love to do, that you like, that you're enthusiastic about, that if you come home, you want to tell at home, oh, uh, I did this today or I did, did that today. And that's that's the most important and not which kind of level or grade or, or, or whatever. That's, that's totally irrelevant. However, our system is uh, making your IQ the most important thing about where you're you're going for an education or for a profession sorry yeah it's, also it's not helping you to to get this um, perception what you said i fully agree with you yeah i also think the most important is that you and i think it's a very nice explanation you come to home and you want to say what you have done yeah because you want to share it basically yeah you enjoy it but i also think this is i don't know what and, and that actually do you have an example or maybe you know it from uh, your experience anywhere in in europe or in the world maybe the system of education which you really like and think oh that things would be cool to have in netherlands for instance or well not nationwide i think there are a lot of um, interesting concepts at at small uh, schools which are doing uh, way more than just focusing on those couple of subjects which are from the government and then you have to that's the key where you where you graduate on so if you from a from a from a from a Dutch point of view, we also always get compared to Estonia the last couple of years mm-hmm. because our, our our PISA scores are pretty similar. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to Estonia a couple of years ago. The main difference is uh, the happiness. Mm-hmm. If you look at the happiness of the Dutch student and the happiness of the Estonian students, the Estonians are way below in Europe and the Dutch are are top. Mm-hmm. Uh, but our scores are the same. And that's also because in Holland, in the Netherlands, we, we don't only focus on those subjects, but we focus on personal growth, social skills, and also a lot of those. But those are, uh, I think, more important than the, the math and the, 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 the language. Yeah, and more hard uh, measured also. Yeah, we, we don't test on those. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, um, so so it, it always hurts for me that... If a, if a child is really good at painting, really good at, at, at drawing, or really good at singing, it doesn't matter. If you go on to go to a secondary education, how good you can sing or how good you can paint or draw. Uh, because we only look at reading, writing, math, and, and, and language. Yeah. But but that's just a small portion of what a, a child can do. And, and, and the, the big part of a child can do, then we don't look at it. And that's I think that's a big problem. But also, I don't have a solution. I, I wish I had, but... Yeah, I wanted to ask, do you think uh, it's realistic I, I, to how to evaluate this part here yeah, of the person? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, well, at the moment, my school, uh, a lot of schools in the Netherlands, but my school as well, uh, we're trying to be more inclusive. Mm-hmm. This school year, we had a, a, a two-day study. And at day one, we learned a lot more about what it is to be inclusive. And uh, Sophie Chajant, she told us that uh, there are a lot of lines from a person which you can draw all, all, all scales. So every every line is a scale. Uh, so IQ is just one line, one scale, and then you have how good you are in drawing or how good you are in math and everything. So mm-hmm. everything is a is a is a scale. And at some point, all those lines will meet. And that is what a person is. And the problem is that usually we when we look at a person, we only look at one line or two lines or three lines. But then we forget all the other lines who also make a person. Um, And that's trying to be more inclusive. 
But then again, the problem is how can you measure that? How how can you make sure that students, st children will go still get get challenged, still uh, going to do what they like? I think in the Netherlands at twelve we divide them already. Yeah. So at the age of twelve, after elementary school, you say okay, you go go to the three types of education. That's way too soon. Uh, that should be at least fifteen or sixteen. Mm -hmm. But also then again, the problem is that if you are still in, in the same class at 15 or 16, also personal growth is going uh, more divided. Yeah. So at 12, you are more similar than at 15. Yeah, yeah. And it's a challenge for the education, for the teachers to really teach 15 year olds, all the 15 year olds in the same class at their, at their level, at their interest, at their speed. And that's easier to do at 12. So that's why the Netherlands say we, we divide them at 12. But I think that's really bad to do. But also dividing at 15 or 16 is uh, comes with its own challenges. Yeah. I never thought that yeah, actually you're right that the, to keep the say, motivation even for the 16-year-old in one place, it's really should be tough. <laughs> Because they're all different, yeah, and they some of them are more yeah. interested. And as Dasha said, yeah, not everybody interested in everybody's subject. Although the teacher, of course, loves to hear that his subject or her subject is the best. Yeah, I mean, we have in our school, we have some teachers who understand. We have some great teachers, and we all love the teachers, but just not everyone is interested in the subject of the teachers. And we have some teachers who understand it. And some teachers just don't. And I think, I mean, I, I kind of understand if I would be a teacher, I would also think that my subject is the best and everyone should love it. But it's just not the reality, sadly or likely. Yeah. And and then, the, then, then but those, yeah. that, that teacher has the, the assignment to teach you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even if you don't like that subject, he has to teach you and you have to learn. And that's, yeah. that's not a good relationship to have because... Well, you are 15, 16 years old, you're fighting with your parents, you're fighting with authority, so you're also fighting with the teacher. And then the teacher has a, has a job to do, and, and, and you're fighting him. Biology says you're fighting him, that's, that's natural, but it's really hard for the teacher because, well, he's not your parent as well. So that's extra hard. Yeah. Yeah, no, I understand it. I'm talking a lot about my math teacher because I just love him. He's an amazing teacher a really good example because he's for example um also he has like his own class rules and he knows that some people are just not interested in his subject and he's just telling them the things they that are relevant for the practical test they're gonna take in one year and the rest of the class who's actually interested are sitting in the front rows and actually listening to him talking about stuff that are not relevant stuff that is not relevant for the test but is still fascinating if you like math and this is i mean it's it's not a solution for every subject obviously but i think it's just a possibility how you can yeah. but teach. can i make a what is it, the devil's advocate uh, argument yeah that he's just saying yeah. all the kids who are bad at math and the dumb kids can can go in the back and the smart children can go in the front because we, we're going to have fun no no it's not it's not dumb and bad teachers it's not it's not like that it's um we have tests and we have um, things that are coming for the test and we all have to study and prepare for them. And he's finding a way to explain it really, really simple so that everyone understands it. And I know he's a really bad example of an average teacher because he, you can see how much effort he's 
putting into the lessons much more than an average teacher. Just people who are interested in getting an extra math exam at the end of school that is not obligated are sitting in the front. And while the rest is practicing for the tests that are coming up and that things they don't understand, the rest of the class is learning new stuff that they're just interested in. I also and can if, say... If, if, it, if it's hard for them... Um... Mm -hmm. If, if he is teaching extra math to the to the students at the front of the class, how can they how can he help mm -hmm. uh, the the students who are not so good at the the, the basic? You always have a practice sheet and you have the solutions with the way how to actually solve it. And when you have questions, you can always ask him. He's giving the smart kids or like the kids who are more interested in math just uh, I don't know a really hard example. They have um, not example a math problem. Um, Problem. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, that you have to solve and he's helping the rest of the class that is not understanding something that is coming for the test. And I think that's actually, I, I enjoy math because it's, I, I think it's really fair divided and he's doing it quite well. But he's, yeah, he's an exception of the system. Yeah. No, I think he's a good teacher, but I like how Rick is a, immediately as a principal started to challenge him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm not saying he's a bad teacher. Uh, no, no, no. Maybe yeah, he's listening sure. to this podcast, yeah. but uh, yeah, yeah, but sure. but uh, well, the um, I really like that 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 he he's trying to find a way to to help all the different students in his in his classroom. The challenge is that I think every child, every student deserves as much time in the classroom. Yeah, and 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 what I yeah. heard you say for a little bit, that's why I I, I tried to poke you a little mm -hmm. to to get get some answers out of you. That that he doesn't have to say, okay, if you if you don't like math, just go sit at the back. He doesn't care if you're dumb, and if you really like math, go sit in the front, and I can help you when we have some fun. That's why I said maybe a devil advocate uh, part of yeah, yeah. Uh, of my question. Yeah. yeah. No, it's 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 fair. I but mean, it's, it's definitely not his. I, I know what uh, about whom Rashi is talking about, so I can tell. It's at least from my perspective, it's definitely not the case. Yeah, he's not like that. Just yeah. yeah. Uh, I think we have a great uh, talk. Yeah. I just as a final closing question, maybe coming back because we talk now a lot of about the problems that the teacher has to. It it actually his or her job to teach and give as much as possible knowledge to the uh, all pupils or students she has in the class yeah so still i'm asking Eric, what what is the coolest thing about teaching yeah what is the like what you enjoy most you're not teaching right now as i understood but still yeah but but that doesn't go away because i really try every day in my work i try to walk around in the in the classrooms and have some time to to help children Mm -hmm. uh, or, or talk to them, or or just don't be a, a headmaster for for a couple of minutes, but just feel like a teacher again. The most exciting thing is is uh, seeing in the, in the eyes of a children that at first they don't understand it, and then they do understand it. In in Dutch we call it the aha uh, erlebnis. It's yeah. a German word, but this oh that's it oh uh, yeah. that's that that. That blink when they yeah. when they or they get excited about something or they understand something or they they make new connections in their brain. The learning process you can be a part of that learning process of a, of a child or a student. It's every time it's different. Every time it happens in an even different way. But it's a privilege to be a part of that learning experience from a, from another person. Yeah, yeah. 
I never was a teacher. I, I did some uh, courses only in the job. Yeah. So, I mean, whatever I know, and I can completely share this. I also really enjoy it. Yeah. When I, I have to say, I don't have enough patience usually, but when I have, and it, it, it's a big reward. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Okay. Thanks a lot, Rick, for being with us. Yeah. Thanks for joining You're us. Welcome. Thanks for uh, having me. Yeah. Thanks for your time. See you around. Thank you guys for listening to our podcast this week. It means a lot to us. And please subscribe to our Instagram account. We are trying our best there. Hear from you next week. Or better to say, you hear from us next week. Yeah, bye.